Welcome to Business Conversations with your host, business strategist, Clive Ennevar. Clive is joined by expert guests as they talk business behind the scenes to give you the tools and insights to support your growth, security and serenity as you strive for your success. Welcome to another episode of Business Conversations with Clive Ennevar. I am Clive Ennevar, business strategist, and we're having a conversation with Dave Hyman about digital performance marketing. Dave is the digital marketing manager of Digital Eagles Marketing Agency. Now, you're all allowed to try and say that 20 times really quickly if you want. But Digital Eagles began in April 2017 and now has over 20 employees plus contractors, and it's founded on providing personalised service, flexible retainers, and real results with no one-size-fits-all approach. They now work with over 150 clients, helping them reach their goals. Welcome, Dave Hyman. Thank you very much for having me, Clive. Absolute pleasure. And 2017, until here we are, nearly three years later, 20 employees, 150 clients. You've been busy, Dave. Yeah, it's a pretty wonderful thing. I don't think a lot of agencies have had that much substantial growth in such a short period of time. It's been really exciting to be a part of. And I think it's sort of a testament to what we try and achieve here, which is that performance, customer-centric focus vibe that we're trying to put out there. And I think it's working really well for the moment. And indeed, what I noticed there is founded on providing personalized service, flexible retainers, real results. No one-size-fits-all approach. Very important, I think, to try and approach each situation on its merits. Yeah, I completely agree. Unfortunately, we work in an industry which has a lot of cowboys, is what I like to call them. People who kind of have their own manner or their own way of performing digital marketing. And we're completely understanding of that. And we don't need to compete with them in that sense. We just want to provide the best service possible to our customers and our clients. and try and perform, you know, campaigns that are structured around their wants and needs. And I think that's the most important thing because as digital marketers and myself personally, I have ideas and I have kind of strategies that I want to put in place, but it doesn't matter what I want at the end of the day. If the client wants a particular outcome, we need to work with them to achieve that. And that's what's really important. So that's what we try and strive for. Excellent. But just before we go on with more of that business talk, tell us a little bit about Dave. Who's Dave? Whereabouts are you located and how do you spend your time outside of business? Yeah, no worries. So I'm in Melbourne. I'm just in the southeast suburbs of Melbourne, which is near our head office, which is great. And I have been in digital marketing seven plus years. I'm a conversion rate optimization specialist, but I also work across all the different marketing channels and obviously became a digital marketing manager here at Digital Eagles. But Outside of here, I like to spend time with my family. I've got a beautiful wife and an awesome dog called Freddie, who's a four-year-old pointer, who needs a lot of walking and a lot of working out. So that keeps me on my toes, which is good. And outside of that, you know, I just love business. I run a couple of side businesses and, you know, try my best to try and improve my skills where I can. But then there's also a bit of downtime, just socializing with friends, you know, don't mind a beer or two here and there if needed. Very good. Now, I'm taken with Freddie. You didn't mention much about him, but I understand that he's named after a very particular fellow and that he's an English pointer. Correct. So he's an English pointer and my brother-in-law, my now brother-in-law, came up with the name Freddie after Freddie Mercury. 
which we sort of thought was really appropriate until we heard him try and sing and he doesn't have the pipes that Freddie Mercury has, unfortunately. So <laughs> it's, worked out, it's worked out nicely. It's a good name, but he's awesome. He tries his best. I had a, a pointer in an earlier life and he couldn't sing either. <laughs> it's not their strong point. <laughs> Indeed. But let's talk about helping people achieve their goals through digital performance marketing. What on earth is digital performance marketing? Sure. There's so many coined terms in this industry that people just think that we're just putting words in front of other words to make it combined and sound all elegant. That's not the the go here. Performance marketing, as opposed to traditional marketing, is kind of filling in with uh, sort sort of aligning with our company culture and the way that we want to be perceived. So the idea is that customer centricity, which means we're trying to perform to their KPIs and to their goals. And the difference between performance marketing is that we're adaptable within a campaign. So I'll give you an example. If you signed with another agency for search engine optimization for six months, it's more than likely for that six months, whether or not SEO is performing for them, they are going to stay performing and doing SEO. For us, we're a little bit of a different creature. So we might start an SEO campaign, realize that there's an even lower hanging fruit campaign available, say conversion rate optimization, or we might see some paid channels that are actually going to perform better and quicker. And then we'll adapt within the campaign and we'll make sure that we're getting the best return for the customer. The reason for this, there's a couple of reasons. One, we find that the first three to six months of a campaign is critical because we're building trust with somebody. They're building trust towards our service and our offering. And we need to make sure that we've got those performance metrics happening in the background. But then secondly, we also like to see those runs on the board because it leaves a really good taste in everybody's mouth. It makes everybody feel like, cool, we're on the right track here and we've got the best return. And then we can steady the campaign as we go. So that's the idea behind a performance-based marketing campaign. I'm getting the impression you do lots of checking. You do lots of searching of what's actually happening and you're able to adapt relatively quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Probably one of the things that I found in digital marketing, especially providing it to clients, is that they like accountability and they like visibility. And that's great because that actually works for us as an agency because the more metrics that we can get in front of them and the more we can talk about their data and their performance and how they're achieving, the more accountable we are to make sure that we're on top of that. So that means, you know, we're having reviews of campaigns or we're discussing internally with our strategists, what's the next step? What does a week look like? What does three months look like? What does 12 months look like? Which means that we have a really good idea of how the campaign's going to perform and therefore we can liaise that to the client and get their opinion, get their buy-in. And as long as those campaign metrics are on a steady increase, they're normally pretty supportive of what we're trying to achieve. Indeed. So you're looking at uh, results not to be fearful of them, but to use those results to drive future results. Absolutely. So I think there's a fear in general of business and in this industry, particularly of failure. I think everybody's really worried about failing or they're really worried about, oh God, I don't want to be perceived as negative or something's happening wrong. I'm kind of the opposite. I kind of actually quite enjoy not necessarily failing, but having a failure within a campaign that actually gives me great data to say, well, great, we didn't go down the right path there. What's the next step? I've mentioned before that I work in conversion rate optimization. So for me, it's all about A-B split testing, testing two different audiences, two different types of a campaign and seeing which one performs better. And in order to have a better campaign, you need a failing campaign. And therefore, I don't really shy away from that. And I think that's kind of what we do here. We'd like to see results. And at the end of the day, 
if you're paying for our service, we are a service that needs to perform for you and you have those KPIs and metrics that you need to perform, I'd rather you just tell me that something failed so then we can work together to achieve the next win, I suppose. So for me, that's kind of what we embed within our system here. We try to make sure that everybody is testing all the time, having a look at the data and ensuring that we have plan B, plan C so that we can keep striving to achieve. Yes, try, try again. And (laughs) more importantly, of course, failure is only defeat when you stop, isn't it? That's right. And temporary failures, provided we approach them the right way, allow us to make the appropriate adjustment, move forward and win. Exactly. I mean, if I was going to sit here and say I haven't failed in my life, I failed hundreds of times, thousands of times, but it's how you pick yourself back up and how you continue to work through those issues, I suppose. And it doesn't change from your day-to-day workplace. You have failures daily, whether they're small or whether they're massive campaign failures, it's not as much of an issue as you would think, as long as you're on top of it. And as long as you're transparent and communicating that to the people that need to know, which is in our case, the clients and also our staff internally, we need to make sure we're all capable of handling those pressures and making sure that we've got the end goal in sight, which is to get as good performance as possible. So it's all about understanding all the metrics then. It's a matter of seeing what's happening, comparing it to what was expected, making appropriate adjustments given the result. How do you establish those metrics right at the start? If I come to you and we want to do this, that and something else, which if it was me, you're going to have to tell me how to do that. (laughs) (laughs) How do you establish the appropriate metrics for a customer? Yeah, it's a really good question because I think we're in an interesting position. We're experts in this field, but we also are in client services. So we need to have a really good balance because a client will come to us and say, I need to be doing this, this and this because my competitor is doing it. Or I need to do this, this and this. And they've got that kind of predetermined idea in their head. For us, sometimes we want to push back and go, well, hang on, here are some other metrics that you haven't looked into yet. Here are some other opportunities that we could push. And we think that this will get you a better return. In saying that, they also have their mind set on something and we're here to offer a service. So it's always a balance. It's always looking at the data, looking at everything, auditing the campaign before they come on, looking at what they've done previously, and then making sure that whatever the campaign or the outline is, sort of aligns with their KPIs. I mean, if somebody was to turn around to me and say, I need an increase in conversion right now, like this is my main metric. So let's start doing SEO. For me, search engine optimization is a long-term game and it's a traffic building campaign. So for me, that may not necessarily align with your campaign. So then I'll go back to you and say, well, I noticed that your conversion rate is a little bit down. Are you sure that you wouldn't want to look at conversion rate optimization so that we can improve that so your conversion happens quicker? And then SEO could come along once you've got your conversion to the right metric that you're after. So it's kind of a balancing act. We need to make sure that we're appeasing their requirements, but also putting our expertise and specialties in front of them and providing that opportunity. And that just comes down to making sure we're across all of their data, making sure we audit the campaign correctly and making sure we discuss internally as a team. And this optimization of conversions, and you mentioned A-B testing earlier, are they the same thing? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So conversion rate optimization, and I use that a lot and I'm very biased towards it because it's one of my passions, but basically it's looking at a website or looking at an e-commerce store and identifying areas in which you can improve your audience's experience or user experience and therefore increase your conversion rate. So the more conversions means the more leads or the more revenue coming through to your business. 
A-B split testing is just taking two pieces of a website or two versions of a website and throwing them to the same audience and saying which one is performing better. So A-B split testing is just a part of conversion rate optimization. And we do this daily. I think about it all the time. I think about when you're walking through a supermarket and you've got the Coles or Woolworths brand product and then you've got a different brand product. We're sitting there analyzing going, how important is it for me to look at this one here, the presentation of it, it might be a slightly worse product, but it's cheaper. Or am I looking at this one here, which is a premium product, but a little bit more expensive? What are my budget requirements? What are my KPIs just for making that purchase? It's the same thing online. And I think it's one of the most underutilized things in digital marketing out there. Yes, it's been around for quite a few years now, but it is, as you say, or at least in my experience, something that not a lot of people understand how it works. I wonder if that takes us back to before we had a name for it, A-B testing, did we not know how to make a decision? Yeah, I think you're spot on. I have a really interesting story about me personally. Back when I was at uni, which is 12 years ago, I started a business on the side called Collision Drumsticks, so selling drumsticks, American Hickory. And I was importing those from China. I was distributing them. And I think we were in seven countries, 100 stores or something like that. It was pretty cool. And it was just a uni experiment. And one of the most interesting things I found was that I was doing conversion rate optimization myself without even knowing that that was a thing. This is five years before I even heard that term. So I was sitting there dabbling on the website saying, if I present this picture in this way, my big, strong drummer dude's going to think that's a good way of presenting that. Or if I price this at this price point versus this price point, which one's going to succeed and which one's going to get more investment from my buyers? So I was doing this years ago as well. And I think a lot of us were, we just weren't sure what it was called. So when you talk about how we make a decision, I think we've always made decisions, you know, humanity and psychologically, we're always making these small A-B split tests. I just don't think it's ever been as pronounced or we haven't had as many tools to be able to help us identify which campaign is performing the best. And I think it's an incredible era that we're in because it kind of ties into what we're trying to do here with performance marketing. If you come on board and you've got a budget of, you know, let's just say $5,000, instead of just offering one service, we can throw a bunch of services and we can A-B split test internally ourselves to see which one gets the best performance. And that's really useful for you as a client or as our clients are paying us because we are just trying to find the best return and what their audience is responding to the best. So yeah, it's really interesting. And it's obviously a passion of mine. I can tell. And I'm pleased that it is because lots of us seem to end up in businesses where we thought we had a passion for it and something goes awry and suddenly there's not. So keep on with the passion. I like it. Thank you. <laughs> Looking again at that A-B testing it's providing feedback. This works, that doesn't. Have you found it difficult sometimes to have people understand that what they thought was their prime piece is actually damaging them or at least not performing as it might? Yeah, absolutely. It is one of the hardest things to educate. And do you know what? Full transparency here. Sometimes it's hard for me to swallow as well. So I'll give you an example. I used to just sold a business actually that sold like bulk confectionery, bulk Nutella and stuff like that. And every now and then before I ran an A-B split test, I'd ask my wife. Now, my wife's in logistics. She's not at all a digital marketer. I just thought, hey, I'll get her opinion on something. And she would tell me, she'd say, I think if you move this here and this there, you might get a better response. And me being the stubborn digital marketer that I am, I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not going to do anything. But I thought, hey, for the sake of it, let's see how she goes. I'm pretty sure in two of the three times I've asked her, her campaign has performed better than mine. So 
That's the thing. You have to eliminate bias. You have to get to a point where when we go and talk to businesses who have been so heavily involved in building their website and they look at that website every single day and then to tell them, hey, you might not be doing this right, it's a really tough pill to swallow, but data doesn't lie. And that's where A-B testing comes into play because if I can tell you that one campaign will give you extra revenue, all of those stubborn biases go straight out the door because money talks at the end of the day. So (laughs) yeah, you're right. It is really tough to sell. It's just about presenting the data appropriately, being diplomatic. Don't be too harsh. I can come across as a bit blunt and a bit harsh sometimes, but making sure that you explain why you're making these changes and why it's going to benefit their business. Which tells all of us, of course, that we should be applying that whatever we're doing every day. Is this right? Is this the best way to present? Is this delivering the right return to my business or our business or this business? Exactly right. So we've got to be on top of a whole lot of things. And it's not essential that we all be analytical people. No, I completely agree. I mean, I wasn't very analytical. I think a lot of my experience with user experience and customer experience and conversion rate comes from a psychological background. My dad's a psychologist. I was never actually very good at psychology at school, but I think I've just kind of grown to understand what he's talking about. And it is, it's just human behavior. At the end of the day, we're talking about how people interact online. And online is really difficult because we're still in a stage of life where all of us would prefer to walk into a physical store or talk to somebody physically, person to person. That is slowly skewing, you know, with the advancements in technology. Everybody has a laptop sitting in their pocket now. So we are slowly adapting to being able to use digital and computers to be able to make these decisions. But it takes time. And, you know, when we talk about conversion rates, the average conversion rate online for an e-commerce business is 2%. So 2% of your audience is going to convert on your website. And most of the time, it's probably less than that. So you imagine every 100 people, one or two people make a transaction from you. I mean, it's a really tough one to understand, but you get it because I have to give you credit card details online. I can't meet you. You're not a person. You're just this entity that I have to trust. And that's where CRO comes into play. So it's a really interesting metric that I like looking at. Indeed. And of course, if the return is only one or 2%, if you can show a change to the positive of 10 or 15 or 20%, That's a huge change to that business, isn't it? Absolutely. And that's where we come back to performance marketing. That's why this is so important to understand because we are still stuck in a digital world whereby people think traffic, traffic, traffic. I'll just bring as much traffic to this website as possible and see how it goes. The more traffic you bring, actually, the more you push your conversion rate down. So somebody said something really interesting the other day. You wouldn't put your brand new billboard in your basement meaning you're not getting this beautiful looking thing across to everybody. You need traffic going past that. You put it on the M1 freeway here in Melbourne. Well, I actually have a different approach. You wouldn't put a half-assed billboard on the M1 because you'll get all the traffic in the world and nobody will look at it. That's where I come from. I come from traffic is incredible. I love it that you can drive a bunch of traffic to your website, but if your website isn't converting, what's the point? I have to agree entirely. We want to, within our businesses, because so many fail within, look at the ABS figures, 65% fail within the first three years. Perhaps it's because we didn't do our research well enough. We didn't understand what it was that the people wanted to hear. We might have the right product, but perhaps we're not speaking the right language, which I think is what you're talking about with your AB testing. Yeah, absolutely. And we're not perfect either. Digital Eagles, AB split test all the time about our message to our audience. I mean, 
it doesn't happen overnight. You just need to persevere and you need to make sure that you are on top of your messaging and on top of the way that you're presenting yourself and constantly updating and constantly keeping up with the times, which can be difficult because when you're in the day-to-day grind with everything else going on, you can leave that by the way. So we try our best as a company to try and update our website, our creative, our messaging, even just talking internally what drives us to be a better business. We try to update that as much as possible. So we're keeping on top of it, but our audience can see that we're keeping on top of it. And that's kind of what draws them to us, I suppose. Indeed, it all comes back to communication and communicating the right information. That's right. So what are three things that we, thinking about engaging a digital performance marketer, should consider when we select that agency or even a freelancer? Yeah, of course. So I think number one, and what we've just covered a fair bit of, is align your KPIs and goals with them. So, I mean, when you work with digital marketing, you're more than likely either going to be referred by somebody or you're going to go online and do a search, digital marketing or SEO, whatever it is. So these are people that you might not have much of a connection with. So when you get into a meeting with them, whether that's on the phone, face-to-face, you need to identify early, do my KPIs and goals align with how they're prepared to perform or prepared to offer that service? I'm not saying that our agency is the perfect solution for every client, but we try our best to make sure that we understand exactly what they're trying to achieve and how we can benefit them from working with us. So that's number one. You need to make sure that they align with you completely. I think number two, it's really important that you do your research. So don't just grab two you know, agencies off Google and go, these two will do, let's see which one works. Have a look, look at reviews, talk to people, figure out what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are. Figure out if your particular CMS or your website that you build on is something that they are good with, or if you're looking for a social campaign, have they got previous case studies of social campaigns? So you need to do your research and you need to make sure that you're identifying those key areas that are important to you. And then finally, I think just a really simple one is you need to find an agency that cares. And I know that sounds really broad, but like you'll hear it within the first five minutes of talking to somebody. You really will. Like I try my best whenever I'm taking a sales call or whenever I'm talking to somebody to come off as, I guess, responsive and as proactive as possible. But sometimes even my delivery is not great. And if you don't feel it within that first five minutes, there's probably a reason why. So you need to find those people that care. They're trying to get to the bottom of your problem because at the end of the day, what we do is problem solving on on a larger scale. And you need to make sure that they actually really want to work with you because at the end of the day, if you're going to have a partnership with this agency, you need to make sure that that trust and that relationship is going to work. So find people that care. Excellent advice. And particularly that last little bit about find somebody that cares, because I think too often we, particularly those of us in business, rush in to get a service or product provided to us without taking time to see, do they actually care? So good on you for bringing that up. Now, okay, we've selected our agency that's going to do all this work for us. How do we measure the performance of a campaign? Yeah, it's a really good question. So one of the things that we do here at Digital Eagles is we have reporting. So most agencies have reporting. They do monthly reporting. They'll give you some data and they'll say, here's what's happening with the campaign. We like to take that a step further because accountability is so important to us and visibility, as I mentioned earlier. So what we have is we have a tool that we use that is reporting that our clients can access at any time. And the idea behind that is that if they're really interested to see how the campaign is performing from a traffic gain or from a bounce rate or whatever it is, 
they can log on at any time and look at the same data that we can. And that's really important because we use tools like Google Analytics that people aren't necessarily across. We use A-B split testing tools. We use Facebook Ad Manager. We use PPC campaigns, Google Ads. And, you know, the clients aren't expected to have to log into all of these. So what we have is like basically a portal that they can log into at any time and assure that they can look at any type of data that they want to. And therefore, that opens the conversation. If they see some rankings going down or they see the Google campaign, Google Ads campaign is becoming too expensive from a cost per acquisition or cost per click, they can give us a call and get directly in contact with us and say, hey, I've noticed this. What do you think is happening? And then that means that we can come back to them and say, this is what we're trying to do for the strategy. And it holds everybody accountable. So I think from our standpoint, from those metrics, we try our best to be as upfront and as visible as possible so that everybody's on the same page. Reporting is extremely important and all of these sort of things. If we're going to measure performance, we better measure it right. That's right. Exactly right. So before we can measure performance, we probably should know what it is we want to measure the performance against. How am I going to set KPIs and goals or objectives when we're starting the campaign? Yeah, this is awesome. And one of the hardest questions to answer in this industry, because everybody has different KPIs and different expectations. And it all comes from that onboarding process and those original chats. We need to identify exactly what it is that the business is looking to achieve. And often the business doesn't even know the opportunity. Sometimes they'll come to us and say, I don't know, can you improve our traffic by 10%? And we go, yeah, that can be done tomorrow. What else would you like to do? And then other times you've got people that are saying, I need 100% traffic increase year on year by next month, which is just unrealistic. So setting those realistic KPIs with the client in the initial meeting, making sure that they have access to our strategists in here. So not only strategists, but also our specialists in each department and making sure that everybody is on top of the campaign is step one. I guess step two is also ensuring that you have within those monthly catch-ups or whether it's like a weekly catch-up meeting or whatever it is, you've got somebody communicating to the client your steps and what's happening with performance and why the campaign is taking this long to set up and whatever else it is, just again, so that they have transparency on what we're doing, why we're doing it, and we're always coming back to those KPIs. So setting KPIs, really difficult, but if you can get it right in the first instance at the start of the campaign, it makes life a lot easier down the track. The other thing that you just have to really consider that I find is one of the biggest issues in our industry is seasonality. I think a lot of clients come on board. I'll give you a really good example. We have a pool client who during winter, nobody's thinking about a pool, like literally nobody. And it's crazy. Their their bell curve during the middle of the year or the winter period of the year is crazy. Their traffic completely drops off. So at that point in time, for them to turn around and say, can you be increasing traffic and conversions at this time? Well, no, nobody's wanting to buy your product. But in summer, that's where the expectation becomes, well, we need to really grow. We need to really hit it hard in this period. And that's, again, where our performance retainer works really well because we understand that in that lower period, this is a good time to trial some little tests. This is a good time to get the foundations built so that when we do get to the summer period where it's going to explode, we understand exactly how to do that. And then we can report on that and we can keep their KPIs within a realistic state. And indeed, keep the bell of the curve upright instead of upside down. That's right. Exactly right. Always frightening when those bell curves turn upside down. (laughs) (laughs) Before we let you go, what is the best tip you have received from a business conversation, Dave? 
Really interesting. So it's semi-business, semi-personal. So I mentioned earlier that my dad's a psychologist and my mum's a human resources manager. So I've been psychoanalyzed since I was a baby, you know, so I know myself in and out. But one of the most important things I ever got from them, and this is really interesting, I personally did some freelance work for my dad. And one of the most important things that I learned from him in a kind of semi-business conversation was no one is perfect. And do you know what? I really struggle with that because I try and go for perfection and a bit pedantic with that. And sometimes you just have to take a step back and it applies to everybody. Sometimes our clients aren't perfect. Sometimes they miss the mark. Sometimes they're aggressive in an email. Sometimes they're off the mark with where they want the campaign to perform. And that's fine. You just need to work with them and you need to make sure that you can collaborate and get to a common ground with them. Same as me. I'm not perfect. And every now and then when I underperform with something or I make a mistake, or as we said before, I make a failure, you have to remember that we're not perfect and we're not designed to get everything right the first go. So for me, understanding that and now trying to accept that a bit later in life, I think when I was a bit younger in my 20s, I was kind of a bit reckless. And I thought, you know, I'm going to smash everything. I'm, you know, I'm the man. I think as you get a little bit older, being able to take that on board and understand that your delivery and the way that you present yourself and everything that you do may not come across as perfect, but if you're trying your best and you're doing your best in a performance aspect, that's all you can strive for, I guess. So that's one of the best pieces of advice I've ever got. And luckily it was from dad. So that's always good. (laughs) Double bonus. That's it. (laughs) And yes, look, perfection is a journey, not a destination. Correct. I love it. Spoken like a true consultant. (laughs) Well, yes. And of course, I too remember being 10 foot tall and bulletproof, although the memory is becoming more distant. (laughs) (laughs) What is the top piece of advice, Dave, that you would like to leave listeners with today? Yeah, good question. I think I want to keep it on the theme of, you know, conversion rate optimization is obviously a passion, but From that, I think it's really important as business owners to get a second opinion. And that can come in so many forms. I mean, I just told you there, I spoke to my dad. Granted, we're working together, but you have a coaching level to your offering and there might be people that require a coach and that's a second opinion. You know what? Even throwing the idea past your best mate or your partner or stuff it, throw it to your dog. See what your dog has to say about it. Just get a second opinion because we're so stuck in what we're doing every day that it's really hard to reflect and it's really hard to take a step back from what we're doing. And I think by getting somebody's opinion, they might throw something at you that you've never heard before. We mentioned earlier before we came on the podcast that the idea of this is that somebody might hear something and go, oh, that's a great idea. Well, that's a second opinion that you've heard from me today, which I hope I can add some value. So yeah, a tip for everybody is just listen to other people and give them an opportunity to kind of spark your interest somewhere else or provide a new opinion and it might be glorious for you. Very good advice indeed. And you make sure that you keep your two favourites on side because I'm sure Freddie is going to teach you a lot, (laughs) but you've got to keep your wife on side because she's got two out of three right. She does. She's a very clever woman. I owe a lot to that one. (laughs) (laughs) Most importantly, before we let you go, Dave, how can our listeners connect with you to start their own business conversation? Awesome. If you guys want any digital marketing services, or even if you just want to talk, feel free to contact us on www.digitaleagles.com.au. We're we're more than happy to talk to people about their goals and KPIs from a digital marketing perspective, but we're also humans too. So we're happy to talk to you about what you're striving to do. But if you guys want to have conversations about CRO or how I've got to where I am or any business conversation, I love chatting. So feel free to find me on LinkedIn. Just type in Dave Hyman. 
you'll see a very nice young picture of me with more hair. And I think I've got that I'm a table tennis champion in there, so I'm happy to challenge anybody to a game as well. <laughs> Good on you. So <laughs> out on LinkedIn, it's Dave Hyman and that's H-Y-M-A-N. Perfect. That's the one. And at the website, Digital Eagles, and there's no special characters in there. It's digitaleagles.com.au. That's the one. And if we can help you achieve any of those goals or get that performance going, we'd be happy to help. There you go. Look, thank you, Dave. This has been an absolutely wonderful conversation. I appreciate that you're able to take some of those jargon terms that I've heard and turn them into simple language that I can understand. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for listening to another episode of Business Conversations with Clive Enever. Make sure you subscribe to future episodes via your favourite podcast app. And you can find more business resources at cliveenever.com.au.